If you've been listening to the show, or if you're just a living, breathing person in the 21st century, odds are that you're a perfectionist. But did you know that there are three different types of perfectionism? After working with perfectionists for the past two years and being one myself for uh, longer than that, I would have to be an ostrich with my head stuck deep in the sand to not realize that there are different styles of perfectionism, each one with their own self-sabotaging patterns. To find out which perfectionist type you are, plus learn helpful next steps that will get you out of those patterns of self-destruction, take the free quiz by following the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Now onto the episode. The little tiny decisions every single day can exhaust us really quickly, especially when we put the pressure on ourselves to make the quote, perfect decision. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life now. I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, my sweet friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today, we're talking about decision fatigue and perfectionism. So, you know, a nice little lighthearted topic that none of us deal with ever. But upon doing this episode, I really wanted to get clear on like, okay, what is decision fatigue? Because obviously, we each have our own experiences with it. We have our own perception of it, but I wanted to just kind of like do a blanket overstatement real quick. And the definition is difficulty in making a good decision experienced as a result of the number of decisions one needs to take. So it's really about like quantity over quality. But as perfectionists, making the right decision or the perfect decision is that extra layer of pressure we put on ourselves. And this can be in any form of decision making. It can be in the day-to-day small decisions, or it can be in the big, massive, life-changing decisions when you're like, I could go three different ways and each way would massively change the trajectory of my life. It's a way that we put so much extra pressure on ourselves. So I want to do two little tools, tactics, exercises based off each of this of these different types of decision fatigue. So we're going to do one for day-to-day fatigue and one for the more big life decisions fatigue. So let's dive into the day-to-day fatigue first. When we are making the small decisions of every single day, for instance, like 
what do I want to do today? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Well, how do I want to work out? What do I want for lunch? Um, I'm in the shower. Do I want to use this face wash or this face wash? Or do I want to use this lotion or this lotion? I mean, like the little tiny decisions every single day can exhaust us really quickly, especially when we put the pressure on ourselves to make the quote, perfect decision. The best way to combat these like crazy amounts of decisions, this like massive quantity of decisions throughout the day is to make a plan and have a routine ready to go so that the narrowing down of decisions is automatic. For example, one of the things I do with almost every single one of my clients is we make a weekly schedule for them so they don't have to decide what to do every day. A lot of my clients are content creators or business owners. And as a business owner, when you're first starting, you realize how much there is to do in a given week. There's um, creating content for social media. There's doing things for maybe the back end of your business or the finance side of your business. Maybe it's um, an email for your email list or maybe it's a podcast for your podcast listeners. Um, there's so much to do. And then on top of that, serving your clients or serving the product that you're creating for people. Like it's really, there's so much to do. And if you wake up every morning saying like, which of these do I want to do today? It's exhausting and you can get stuck in this loop where then it sucks so much time out of your day when you could be using that time or energy to pour into the things you're creating for your business. So something I do for almost every single one of my clients is we spend a call creating a specific schedule for them for the week, meaning every single day is devoted to, except for like weekends or the days that they take off for themselves because you got to take care of you, boo. But the days that they're working, each day is devoted to a certain task or a certain element of their business so that it's just like all that decision making of what to do is cut down. And by the way, we don't just say, oh, this is podcast day. We say, oh, okay, first thing in the morning, outline the podcast episode, record the podcast episode, edit the podcast episode, write the show notes, post it on your platform, um, format for social media, the show notes or whatever it is. Like you chunk it down into those smaller tasks. So then your brain just sees it throughout your schedule and says, oh, I just do this, 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 and this. And it cuts down that decision fatigue massively. So another way you could do this, let's say you're someone who is wanting to like eat healthier throughout the week. A way that you could do this is planning your meals ahead and going grocery shopping on a day at the start of the week, or you can uh, meal prep. I know a lot of people do that. I personally tried that for a while and I luckily I'm very fortunate to have a very flexible schedule, but cooking dinner at night is one of my peace times. It's a time that I really just like die down at the end of the day. I get to plug in a podcast or plug in an audiobook and just like dance around the kitchen and that's my time. So I don't love meal planning. I know a lot of people who do, so it's it's really to each your own. But having those plans already set in stone so you don't have to think about, oh, what do I want for dinner tonight? I don't know. What do you want for dinner tonight? I don't know. I guess we could make this. Oh, but we don't have that. I don't know. I guess we could do that. Well, you know, DoorDash is so much easier. Let's just do that. And then you're making choices that maybe aren't aligned with the end goal that you're wanting to create, like 
if it's saving money or if it's um, eating healthier or um, so on and so forth. So massively cut down on your decisions and the energy it takes for your decisions by planning ahead. So a way that you can do this is what are the trickiest day-to-day decisions you have to make throughout the week? And is there a way you can streamline it? Is there a way you can plan ahead? Is there a way you can um, set yourself up for success either with a schedule or a delegation or a reminder or a calendar or an alarm or planning ahead with meal planning or shopping earlier? Like, I mean, there's so many different options here, but I highly recommend also so many different options. Decide one decision fatigue. I see the irony there. Don't laugh. Um, but you will know which one to try first. And if you don't, try one. Doesn't matter which one. I don't care. I hope you don't either. Try one, see what happens. And if it doesn't work, that's great. You at least tried one and now you get to try another. My coach and I, and now I call this with all my clients, this is throwing spaghetti at the wall. When you're a business owner or when you're just a living, breathing human being, honestly, life is all about taking a big old hand of cooked spaghetti and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks and going and continuing to do that. Life is all about continuing what works and changing what doesn't. And a lot of us are continuing on with the what doesn't work and we're just pushing it harder because eventually it's got to work, right? But that's not how life works. You've got to try different things to see what works for you because you are a personal human being. You are a unique soul on this world. What works for me will probably not work for you across the board. Maybe a few things here and there, but it's all about throwing spaghetti at that wall. So streamline, plan ahead, create a calendar, do whatever you can to make those decisions more routine, more easy, and narrowing down that decision fatigue. Now, let's talk about the bigger life decisions. For example, these can be decisions like, should I go back to school or should I find a new nine to five? Or should I start my own business? Or should I um, move to Alaska and become a caribou hunter? I don't know, whatever. But a lot of the times, as perfectionists, the reason that we we see so many different outcomes is because we're trying to choose the, quote, best one. And truth be told, there is not a perfect answer. Now, there are two ways you can find one that's more aligned with you. There's not a perfect one. There's one that's more aligned with you, however. And this is like a little sidestep a, an easy exercise to do is to think about what it is you are thinking about going after. So let's say moving to Alaska and becoming a caribou hunter. If you close your eyes, really tune into your body, slowing your mind down. So this might take doing like a meditation or some breath work or a walk outside unplugged beforehand to slow down that mental chatter because we live, especially as perfectionists, in that go, go, go mentality, which tends to mean that our mind is constantly like, you need to do this, 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 next, 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 next. And when we slow our mind down, when we really take that time to step back, to tune in, we don't think as hard. We actually bring our mental awareness and focus to our heart or our gut which is where intuition really lies, rather than that. 
So doing something to bring your mind down to your heart, to your intuition, slowing that mind down. Again, this can be meditation, journaling. Um, it can be going on a walk. It can be sitting in silence and focusing on your breath. It really can be anything here. But think about becoming an Alaskan caribou hunter and ask yourself, when I do this, when I become an Alaskan caribou hunter, does my body feel like it is expanding or does it feel like it is contracting? Now, a lot of times people are, especially when we are so used to the mental chatter of that go, go, go lifestyle, it's really hard to tune into our body like this. So actually, I've had clients film themselves in silence, closing their eyes, asking them these questions. And then they go back and watch the video and they might say like, oh, I didn't feel anything. I don't really know what happened. And they watch the video and their body went like, like their shoulders went back. They like breath, they, they took like a big breath in. They put a smile on their face and they're like, oh, um, I guess I was expanding, but I didn't realize it. So seeing if you're contracting or expanding when you think about these bigger life decisions. That's option one. I'm cheating. I'm doing two for this one. But option two is really getting clear on the emotional why behind each of these options. Stay with me here. So when it comes to big life decisions, we are normally trying to achieve an emotional outcome from each one. But as perfectionists, we're really driven on results rather than emotional or emotional drive. So for instance, I would be, let's say, the Alaskan caribou hunter. I'm thinking about, okay, the result of being an Alaskan caribou hunter rather than what would being an Alaskan caribou hunter, I can't believe I'm still using this. What would be, what would an Alaskan caribou hunter, what emotions would I feel from that? What values align with that? How would I feel and why is that something I want? When we get into that element of it, the perfectionism chasing an outcome really dies down and we let ourselves tune into intuition. So it's really back to that contracting versus an expansion. This is just a different way of going about it. If this episode's resonating with you, you might be a great fit for my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. I help perfectionists get clear on what it is they really want, set goals that will help them get there, and actually follow through and achieve them. If you'd like more information about my program, email me at hello at lifecoachbaker.com to set up your free discovery call. Now, back to the episode. So let's say, for instance, you're looking at three life choices here, going back to school, starting a business, or changing nine to five jobs. I'm going to be real. These are all things I have heard from many different people in the last month. So these are big life-changing plans that are actually really freaking common. So when we are determined on the emotional outcome that we're, when we're, we're really determining what those are... Let's, let's debunk them. So what would the emotional outcome of going back to school be? For example, it might be to feel safe, to feel like I'm moving forward, to feel like I'm still learning more information and growing. I'd also feel like I have a sense of community and belonging. What about starting a business? 
that freedom, massive growth, pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, maybe um, financial abundance and excitement when it thinks about that, like helping other people and watching them grow. Now there also might be the emotional outcome of fear of failure or disappointing others. Then when we think of the nine to five or moving to a different nine to five, the emotional outcome we might be seeking is like comfort, stability, um, a linear move. Like I think that I'm growing, but it turns out I'm actually moving sideways. Like um, now, just to be clear, this is not what everyone's looks like, but the people who I've talked to with these three examples, this is kind of like a conglomeration of what their emotional outcomes were. So when we get clear on what the emotional outcome is, we are much easier able to determine which one we want because it's not the result we're going after, it's the emotion. So for example, if someone's number one value is security and stability and they look at these three options and they see that, okay, like going back to school and changing nine to five are major security driven, maybe I should look at one of those. But if someone's like, I want to grow, I want to become massively um, a, a financially abundant, I want freedom, I want to be able to help other people, they would immediately get that like green light of, okay, starting a business is definitely the way to go. I hope you guys are smelling when I'm stepping in here. But if you have these big major life decisions, first and foremost, write them all out. It might be three, it might be two, it might be literally 19. There are so many different options, but to decrease that perfect option or the perfect outcome or the pressure that you're putting on yourself to make the perfect choice, tap into the emotional outcome because you're not only going to tap into what you want, but you're going to turn off that mental chatter and you're going to turn off the expectations you believe others are putting on you or that others are putting on you. So when you get in tune with what the emotional outcomes are, ask yourself, what are the values I am wanting to chase in this next level of life? And odds are you're going to narrow it down massively, if not find one that feels more right. So I hope this helps. This is a really meaty topic, but I hope that this was a good little like introduction, next step for you guys who are making that, those big life decisions or who are just tired of the decisions of the day-to-day. Both are big hinders for our growth and success. So I hope this, this helped you guys. If you or someone you know is going through decision fatigue, then send them this episode and give them little pointers of like, hey, I know you're going through a lot of decisions during the day. Here's an episode that I think that might help. It really helps to get the word out there. And I want this podcast to touch as many people as possible. So as much as I wish I could do that all on my own, I am calling upon you all as well to share this with people who you think would really benefit from this. You can also post this episode on social media and tag me at Life Coach Baker. I'll give you a big virtual hug in return. Or you can go into the Apple Podcasts and go all the way down to rate it five stars or, you know, less than that if you want, but I'd love it if it was five. Or you can write a little love note in the comment section or in the, not comments, what is it? In the review section. There we go. But I hope this episode was helpful. I will talk to you all soon and I hope you have a gorgeous day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. 
Also, take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus, you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.